on this episode of My Sister Said Podcast. Something about the response that I got from this guy, Benson, was so bizarre. This dude was new to his job. This dude didn't know me. Something about seeing three years, literally three years of abuse and abuse tactics jam-packed, jam-packed into one email. I was like, something is really wrong with the people my church chooses to be in leadership beyond racism. Okay, this is the disclaimer. This video is not meant to diagnose anyone or imply that anyone has narcissistic personality disorder. This video is to help people identify the hella toxic behaviors that contribute to spiritual abuse and religious trauma. Okay. Simply put, gaslighting is the doubting of another person's reality, deliberate or not. So this is Dr. Ramani Dravasula, and she is a licensed clinical psychologist who specializes in narcissistic personality disorder and narcissistic abuse. She's a friggin' awesome doctor who helps people overcome toxic relationships. This woman's videos have been like essential for me healing from my spiritual um, abuse and religious trauma. Her content is fire, and I'm pretty sure I'm in love with her. Every single narcissistic relationship I have ever worked with, counseled, or consulted on had some gaslighting present. It's a given in a narcissistic or toxic relationship. It results in the narcissist holding all of the power in the relationship because they hold the reality. It leaves you full of self-doubt, second-guessing, confusion. And when you are focusing all of your energies on trying to get your own reality sorted, the narcissist can do a good job of continuing to confuse you. I love this woman! Oh, my God. Hello, it's Uche. Welcome back to my channel. And my sister said, a podcast. Okay, so... Um, I am going to read you my final correspondence with the leadership of my church um, before I was kicked out of membership. Okay. This with this guy, his name is um, Benson Hines. He was the serving director or something, director of serving, I think, for Watermark. I never met this dude before in my whole life, but I was like, after reading this stupid email that he sent, I was like, like, you are the worst. That's all I thought. I was like, man, I do not like you. And I couldn't put my finger on why for a while. I could not put my finger on why I didn't like this dude. But maybe you can figure out why I didn't like this dude. Um, and the reason why I call, um, you know, my church and um, other, tox uh, other toxic churches um, predatory churches is because a predatory church is basically a church with narcissistic personality disorder. The leadership of a predatory church is unwilling to accept accountability for specific harms. They lack empathy. Hypocrisy is hella rampant. They are unable to accept criticism. And for a predatory church leadership, the ends always justify the means. So I'm actually going to post the first email that he sent me. And I'm going to post my response and then I'm going to read to you the final response that he gave me. And 
as I have gone through this journey and, you know, learned about narcissistic personality disorder and other toxic personalities, I now understand why I hate this email. Literally, this fool used every single top, every single tactic that has been used to gaslight, manipulate, stall, blame shift, you know, just this word salad, this mess, just ugh, everything, thing, just to make sure that nothing gets done. Everything that was asked of me just only ensures that I'm kept busy while nothing gets done. And that's not good enough for me. That was not good enough for me anymore. So, so yeah, when I chose God's way, not Watermark's way, it felt good. You know what I'm saying? Okay, okay. So, um, let's see, 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 let's see. Okay, here it is. Okay, I couldn't find it. Oh, God. Just looking at this thing pisses me off. Okay, let me read it to you. It's from Vincent on June 8th, 2020. It was like two days after um, Todd said that bullshit. But anyways, so it says, Uche, thanks a t- sorry, thanks a ton for taking time to write that out and fill me in a bit. It sounds like you've already pinged some people with your thoughts. I'm sorry you feel like they haven't gotten anywhere. So here are some common apology statements that narcissists will give you. They'll say, I'm sorry you feel that way. Or, I'm sorry that you think that. Or they might say, I'm sorry it didn't go the way you want. I am sorry you feel hurt. All are very common narcissistic apologies. And in all of these apologies, what you see is that they are not apologizing for something they did or something they said. They are, in essence, though, using the apology as a way of gaslighting you and invalidating your experience. Hey, I'm sorry you feel that way. Kind of meaning that you probably shouldn't. I do agree that I haven't heard racism or related evils brought up a lot in the way that pastors bring up porn, etc. Like you said, it may be that they haven't seen it as rampantly, whether that means they've missed it or truly haven't been around it. And I imagine it's a mix of both. It may. (laughs) Two other forms of gaslighting include gaslighting by proxy and gaslighting by tribe. Gaslighting by proxy occurs when someone else does the gaslighting for the narcissist. And since you know how good and how often other people enable narcissists, these enablers become gaslighters for the narcissist as well. Examples of this would be one parent making excuses for the narcissistic parent's behavior. Your father didn't really mean that. Or... Other employees in your workplace making excuses for a toxic supervisor. Hey, listen, we're the most profitable office in the region. He may be a tough talker, but he's just trying to push all of us to be our best. Or the friend of a toxic spouse making an excuse. Go ahead and give him another chance. He really is a good guy. Gaslighting by tribe is, in essence, a form of enabling. It is when you are faced down by the network of people around you and around the narcissist and who turn around and tell you that what you are experiencing didn't happen. 
I have consulted on many cases where people were subjected to invalidation, harassment, intimidation, and other verbal abuse in work settings, and even had solid documentation. In most cases, other people in the workplace were saying things like, it isn't that bad, or her bark is worse than her bite, which is a horrible feeling. And if you didn't notice before, I was actually gaslighting myself and saying, oh, maybe my pastors don't know how to. But honestly, it's gaslighting because Benson is literally just saying, like, honestly, I don't care what you believe. Just don't believe the truth, which is that my pastors are racist. Every single alternative reality that he was offering me was something that, you know, took the took the um, responsibility off of my pastors and elders took the responsibility off of Watermark. It was, they were always not culpable, you know? So if he would say, yeah, maybe they're racist, maybe they have issues. Nope, that's not, that's never the point. It was always, oh, maybe they're ignorant. Maybe they don't know, or maybe they just haven't been around it. And I'm like, shut up. That's false. In times of gaslighting, what they'll usually say is make sure you, you know, stay firm in your reality. And I didn't really know what that looked like. Um, but one thing that's really helped me throughout this process is understanding that my pastors aren't dumbasses. They're not stupid. They literally run a multi-million dollar organization and they have been around for years, but they are actively choosing not to engage in the conversation. But let's continue with Vincent Hines' email. It may be that they don't feel as confident talking about it, like you said. It may be that they don't have as much experience personally struggling with that issue in their own lives. Again, whether that's because it hasn't been a temptation or they haven't realized it's a temptation, which of course is part of the whole issue, right? Any and all of the, any and all of those are certainly possible. Who cares? It exists. That's, that's enough. Anyways. Maybe they don't even understand what they're doing bothers me, even though you've told them it bothers you. Or maybe, maybe it's me. Maybe I just need to be more clear. Catch yourself when you make rationalizations for their behavior. When you make an excuse, rationalization, and attempt to explain away, make excuses, justify, and enable their behavior. So it's all that bigger system. It may be innocent to start oh gosh, they're having a stressful day or we're just getting to know each other. Anyone can justify anything if they want. And if you want to stick into this relationship for your own, maybe dysfunctional reasons, your fear of being alone, your being tired of being single, it's easy to try to force a relationship to fit even when it's not good for you. Watch those rationalizations. This email was so long, I totally skipped over a portion of it accidentally. Okay, so it says, I was really encouraged that you sound like you're approaching this in a nuanced sort of way. For instance, I really appreciate your thoughts around us all being prejudiced in various ways. It's so true. Also, how you talked about why some leaders may not talk about this or feel awkward doing so. Love that. So many people aren't willing to fairly express both sides of an argument or avoid extremes. But there's also manipulation. I'm going to call it positive manipulation. It's not positive that it's happening, but it's sort of a fluffing up manipulation. What they may do is a narcissist may use flattery and they may play upon 
those things with us, those things that flatter us. The, your knowledge, your expertise, your experience, they may complement anything, but they do it in a way that gets them something they want. So let me give you a very, very simple example. They want to ride to the airport and they'll say, you know, gosh, it's so amazing how nice and giving you are to other people. You are literally the sweetest person I have ever met. There aren't so many giving kind of angels amongst us, like amazing. And then a short time later, maybe a day or two, they're like, I, I hate to ask you this because you do so much for other people. Would you mind driving me to the airport, the Ubers, it's all a big problem. Now, obviously that's a small example. In a more toxic manner, this can play out as complimenting you in a way that can pull you from doing things that matter to you or that leave you feeling confused about issues about which you may even be ambivalent or conflicted. So perhaps, let's see, maybe you wanted to maintain some part of a career after you had children and you wanted to attempt to balance the two. But a narcissistic partner may recognize that you working after you have kids could potentially really inconvenience them. <gasps> they may have to pitch in and also give them less control over you. So they may try a positive manipulation and say, wow, you are the most amazing mother. What a fantastic mother you are. How lucky is our baby that you're around them 24-7, giving them love and affection. You are so devoted that I would never want to imagine you'd ever want to spend time away from the baby. You deserve, I mean, you really deserve to spend years with the baby and to heal. And it never becomes a conversation about possibly maintaining part of your career. It's not a conversation. It's about them playing on your inner conflict about wanting to be there for your child, but also your conflict about what your career means to you. And boom, they climb into that hole of cognitive dissonance and they turn it around. And at that point, you are already ambivalent. So it's very easy for them to step right in and turn the situation to what they want. Because there's sort of two pathways to manipulation that we've been talking about. The positive and the negative. The flattery versus playing on a person's vulnerabilities. Now these patterns may evolve over the course of a toxic relationship cycle. Early on, if you have a love bombing phase, or at least the get acquainted phase, the narcissist is doing two things. They may be using love bombing and using flattery to play and playing on that to manipulate you, but they are also doing something else. This is also the mirroring and data gathering phase. When they are collecting information about your vulnerabilities, they start recognizing that you do struggle with guilt and not enoughness and indecisiveness and obligation and not wanting to let people down. And they are going to study that and they're then going to be able to use it in their cruel manipulative processes. The fact that, the fact that everyone has prejudices is not nuanced by definition and it's not a new idea either. It's actually a word that's misused a lot at my church. Um, that's not what nuance means. Please, if you're listening to this and you think that's correct, the correct way to use that, please look up the definition of nuanced and, you know, make those adjustments. 
Secondly, the fact that everyone has prejudices, this, this is just the truth. And it's something that my pastor Todd actually pointed out in 2018. This is not an unknown. It's just a fact. They're just okay with people having certain prejudices and they think some prejudices are good. All right. Um, <laughs> all right. Continuing. I don't know what I can offer you except some thoughts. There are a couple of places I'd push back. And then I have a couple of potential suggestions for helping bring change as the Lord leads you. However, I have no idea if these things will be useful to you. So please eat, eat the fish and throw away the bones. But please note, I say this as a person who would love to see God use you to impact our church. I don't think we've arrived at these issues far from it. I don't know if you are the person God wants to use to do that. But, but let's assume for the sake of, email, of the email that you are. First, I'd be careful about saying, saying that your thoughts have made zero progress or were ignored, unless you really know that to be true. Why do narcissists gaslight? The same reason they do everything, to protect their fragile egos. Other people's realities are a threat to their own. They construct their version of reality that allows them to maintain their false sense of power. And because the narcissist narratives are inflexible, they are not willing to integrate other people's perspectives, which is why they so often come off as pig-headed and stubborn. 